listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Checker. Yo, it's the arc in the flesh. Of course, I'm fresh. Yes, I'm living for the funk like I was Lord Finesse. Last night, I screamed till I lost my voice, I guess. Had a few things left to get up off of my chest. Like I'm facing the fact that I'm not what my mom wanted. Only gold plaque that I got. Not the Quran on it. I flip your eviction notice over, wrote a song on it. Like to hear it, here it go. Like your spirit, clear your soul. If I would have known that tonight was ladies' night, I would have stopped and swabbed my balls with the baby wipe in the van. Hold your sorry little life in my hand, watch me toss it in the sky and swing right for the stands, battling these like trying to ride your bike in the sand, I'ma eat one more helping then I'm wiping my hands, are you frustrated rappers, must hate the fact that I walk in first half, have so much ladies gasping for breath, trying to catch me with the ass in the chest, I ain't trying to be rude lady, I'm just passing the test, got enough hassle and stress, a one woman cashing my checks, I take the compliment and pass on the sex, we like brother, 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 how you make them get down, come straight to your town. There was never, there was never any point where I thought that here in the United States of America we were going to lose two or three million people to COVID-19. When I saw that number on CNN, I was like, that number reeks of the flaming panic that has come parallel to the pandemic. I said, that doesn't make any sense. If Americans are social distancing, it's going to be less. I mean, COVID's not going to get you through the blinds in your window. I mean, you're going to get it if you're out in public. If people have no public to go to and they stay at home, I thought it would be considerably less. We're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel of this crisis. And I think that we now have to start thinking about what is life going to be after COVID-19? Because there's some things that are even bigger than the illness itself that can be instituted downstream. You are listening to the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, d Lance Day Radio Network, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. I am your host, the one and only James Lewis III. It's always a pleasure to be with our listeners from coast to coast, all over the globe, up to six affiliates now. Shout out to everyone that's worked with us, ESPN Radio, NBC Sports Radio, our digital affiliates around the country. Starting to see some positive news come out of the IHME model, which I've been talking about every day on this show. You're starting to see the the projections that came out a couple of days ago are that we're not expecting to lose millions of people. We're not even expecting to lose 100,000 people. Now, if you look at New York, it's it's a sad state of affairs. What people are seeing in New York, what people are seeing in Detroit, there are people passing away in ERs that there there's not enough ventilators, there's not even enough machines to, to take BP and to show someone's pulse. People are coding in hallways. It's terrible. It's out of the movie Outbreak. It's, it's sad. There's going to be a lot of healing that's needed in this country after we get back to work. And I hope that whatever stimulus bills come out, that, that we make sure that we take care of, A, our frontline healthcare providers, not the executives that sit up on the 13th floor and make financial decisions like myself, but the frontline 
healthcare providers and the people that make this country go in the midst of crisis, the truck drivers, the people that stock shelves, the people that are delivering food, the people that make sure that produce gets from point A to point B. And these people that are forced to work in public that are risking their lives, especially in areas with extremely high infection rates, we have to take care of them with any stimulus. We need to, we need to find a way to raise those salaries to take care of those people that took care of us in one of the darkest times in American history. But hopefully there, there is light at the end of the tunnel, like, like I said, to start the show. It seems like the projections are obviously going down. That was very, very good news. It seems like there are cases that you, you're starting to see. It's been, I believe, four consecutive days that there have been less cases reported nationally, which is very key because there's much more testing now than there was a few weeks ago. So you have a combination of less cases but the fact that that we're being that people are being tested at a much higher clip which means that the social which suggests that the social distancing all the measures that have been put in are going to work now there there's still a lot of people out there that believe in the herd immunity and that hey we should let as many people get this as possible and there will be people that die however if we shorten if we flatten the curve will be around a lot longer I don't agree with that. I can't tell you if you believe in that, that you're wrong. I don't want to lose 3 million people. I don't want to be one of the 3 million people to be lost. I don't want any of my loved ones to be lost. To date, my family has not lost any loved ones. I'm very thankful and grateful for that. But I know somebody who has lost uh, in England, has lost six family members in the London metro area to this in the last several days. So this is real. This is this is killing people. This is this is terrible. But I believe in American ingenuity. I believe in the American spirit. I think President Trump is is a optical blight on the tapestry of American society. However, I believe that in spite of his poorest leadership, that there are enough brilliant people in the United States and enough brilliant scientists and enough people that are out there grinding that can make this happen. And I hope that people are smart enough to stay indoors, to stay out of the line of fire. I was I was elated to see that in my neighborhood, they unscrewed the basketball hoops. So the kids went out there to run some full court basketball, as I've seen them do from my backyard on a daily basis. They went out there, there's only the backboard out there. So if you want to work on your J work, you're just hitting the you're hitting the orange square because there's there's no hoop. And I think that's a good thing. I saw kids, they were, they, were, they were bemoaning and chagrined by the fact that they can't play full-court basketball. We were expected, based on the IHME model, we were expected to peak in deaths over the weekend, and you can find that, the link uh, to worldometers.info.coronavirus. This shows projections. This is the Johns Hopkins and Washington University model. This shows projections on deaths in ICU and hospital bed utilization on a state-by-state -state basis. So you see that the infections are declining. You see that it seems like we're peaking in deaths. 
and companies are making contingency plans to get back out. You see China, Wuhan is not on lockdown anymore. And people in China are, are starting to matriculate with some sense of normalcy. And, and I'm excited about that. Now, I don't think that sports is as viable. I'm not, I'm never a person that's, I'm always in the middle. So I was never a pessimist. I never thought that 3 million people were going to die. That would be foolish. I mean, there are people with common sense, even if there was no ban on travel and ban on stuff. I know that I wasn't going out there when I found out this thing was killing people. I have Lyme disease. I'm in a higher risk than a typical 41 year old. I'm not going to a bar to hang out. Even if it was open. I'm not going to cheesecake factory or PF Chang's, even if it's open because I value my life and I value my health. I have to go to Kroger to get supplies. I have to, I have to be able to bathe myself and clean myself. Amazon's not delivering because there's such a backlog. So you have to take some risk, but I would not put myself in the risk because I wanted to watch the Suns play the Warriors and I could get front row seats for $117. That would not be something that I would do. And I think a lot of Americans would, would follow the same suit, especially those that are in higher, medium to high risk individuals. They would not want to expose themselves to this unnecessarily. But what I think is is equally as interesting, if we have sports, if we don't have sports, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the be all end all. Um if we're able to get sports and have people CGI'd, like I've said before, into the audience, you're not gonna have sports with people. Um if you're able to do that, that'll be great. If you have spring if you have a spring training model for the MLB out here in Phoenix, I'll tune in and watch the Orioles lose 115 games. I'll be happy to do that. But I want to talk briefly to start the show. What happens when this is all over? What's the what's the end game here? And I want to be careful, even though even though I'm a, a solo artist at this point, and Rampage and I have made the investment and and gone solo, and we own our distribution distribution network. There's some things that are a little suspicious about this and that kind of make me wonder that they kind of have me on edge. First of all, what I've seen is that nobody global elite has perished from this. And that, that concerns me a little bit as far as what's the end game here, what's being allowed to happen with this. Nobody of prominence in the United States has been sick from this. I know that the UK prime minister who, who would be considered a global elite he was in the ICU, but he seems to be getting better. I think when it's the pestilence biblical plague that man doesn't have any control over and no cure to, it kills indiscriminately, right? Because Bill Gates and President Trump and Jeff Bezos, these guys are, are rich. The Russian czars and stuff, they're rich. They're flying around all over the world. They're flying into various airports. Now, it's on private planes. They're not flying on the same plane that me and you were sitting on. But these people are traveling. President Trump was at a rally shaking hands and kissing babies in late February, telling lies about COVID-19. It just seems strikingly suspicious that none of these people have had it when they've been around big crowds, they've been at big airports and very large events. That's that's very suspicious to me. That that seems like a red flag that something perhaps Sinister is going on. I'm not trying to do X-Files or Unsolved Mysteries radio. That's not my shtick. But I'm just, using, I'm just using my common sense. 
What also doesn't sit well with me is that if you notice, this is happening in first world countries. Now, usually if you go to the same website that I aforementioned to look at COVID updates, you can also pull how many people have died from malaria this year and died from HIV. There's so many people. If we lose 60,000 people to this in a, in a bad flu season in just a few years ago, we lost 81,000 people to influenza in the United States. We have already lost 300,000 people to malaria, 400,000 people to HIV this year globally. Many of those people in sub-Saharan Africa. Now, what's interesting to me is that Mexico, you have so many bridge crossings, Mexico, United States, Mexico, United States, Mexico, United States. It is also suspicious to me that Mexico, who's not a global power, is not seeing a lot of cases. They don't have a better healthcare system than the United States, surely. I find it very interesting that the countries that are most impacted by this are global powers, the United States, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, all big players globally. And then what is, what is the end game? Because the third world has been dying of sudden and rapid illness for, for, for centuries and centuries. People are starving to death in places like Ethiopia and Eritrea and Somalia. People do not have adequate water in the Congo and in West Africa. Violence runs rampant in the Blood Diamond Territory. I just implore people listening, watch what's going on in the news. I've, I've seen stuff where they're talking about phrases like, quote, indefinite quarantine, quote, you'll have to get a vaccination for COVID-19 to be able to travel. If you don't get the vaccination, you won't be able to go back to work. I've seen some people who are proponents, and, and I don't believe everything that I read, but I know that the energy is out there. I've seen some people who are proponents of, if we think that you're sick, we're coming into your house, we're taking your temperature, and if you have a fever, we're going to take you to an isolation city. And a lot of big cities here in Phoenix, you see, you see tent cities going up all over the country. Many people believe that those tent cities are for the influx of COVID patients. But what if there's not an influx of COVID patients? What if we, we kick COVID in the arse like Americans always do? But are you comfortable taking a vaccination to go back to work when this happens? Are you comfortable letting someone track all of your movements? So if you went to your buddy's house and you were out pounding a few beers, watching a game, hanging out, and you're running a fever a couple of days from now, are you comfortable, or he's running, he's running a fever, excuse me, a couple of days from now, are you comfortable with someone tracking all your movements to say that, hey, you were at, you were at Jimmy's house and Jimmy is running a 102 fever. We're coming in to quarantine you, but we're not going to let you quarantine at your homes. We don't want you to infect your, your wife and your kids. We've got a nice place. We've got Camp Snoopy for you. You're, you're going to Camp Snoopy with Uncle FEMA. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not one of those tinfoil hat guys, but, but you got to watch what's going on here. You got to watch. If you don't see this stuff lining up and you don't see where this thing could go real sideways real quickly, you are not paying attention. Lance J Radio Network, 
Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. We cannot teach grown people new tricks. Nah, you gotta get we into the, to, to we the have to, we, we have to change the culture. And the reason the reason why we have to change the culture because it needs to change. So I'm in I'm in the school for two weeks. I'm ha- I had my first test. They get graded tomorrow. Um, I'm teaching them the culture about putting playlists together mm. like a mixtape, make their own mixtape. The best mixtape gets a platinum record or some headphones. That's dope. James Lewis. You cranks. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get them you get them yeah. cranks? Yeah. So plug or, for cranks. Or or, or or video game, because they've got some gamers. All right. You know, I got some students and I got 20 students. Boom. I get a call from School of Hip Hop. Again, they want you to go to ASU and teach a curriculum class. Wow. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. I see you favor of 45. Tonight I do. And I keeps one in the chamber in case you ponder it. Nice showpiece you got there. Walther, PPK, 380, double action. Hit them Walters like to jump some. As will you, with one in your elbow. That gun ain't got enough firepower to make my joint useless. It definitely won't stop me from emptying out half my mag. You might not hit me. This range? And this caliber? Even if I miss, I can't miss. I admire a man with confidence. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. FreeHRadio.com. Free to play when we want. Free to say what we want. FreeHRadio.com. Beat rock and drop the beat. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Okay, let's begin. Here it is. To a deserted island, That's right. and I could take one album with me to listen to the rest of my life, it would be Mecca and the Soul Brother. I love you to death, cousin. <laughs> What's going on with you, bro? It's that return of that 12, buddy. You know, it all started from Heavy D. He started, you know, everything, and I was basically under him. And you know, he believed in what I was doing and stuff. And we worked together and experimented, and you know, decided to, you know. You know, do music together. 